0: Thanks, Adam. Wow, you don't really want to move on from times like this, do you? Um, Yeah, do take... We'll perhaps come back to this theme of restoration, restoring. We all get battered and bruised, don't we? Take take knocks and uh, perhaps get tripped up. And we've got a wonderful saviour who just so lovingly wants to come close and restore. Isn't that beautiful? He wants to restore. And uh, of course, we've got an enemy who wants to keep us away from that, to keep us locked in condemnation and things like that. So what a wonderful invitation. We're going to come around the table later on, break bread together. And I just want to, please, don't, don't, don't lose what the Lord's been saying to us. It's precious. It's very, very precious. Well, we're going through the book of Acts at the moment, and um, I, I kind of don't quite know what to do here. I think I'll keep going. We'll see where we go. But um, I'm, we're going to say we're going to come back around the table. We're, we're up to Acts 20, and I think what I want to I'm going to read it in a moment, and what I, what I want to try and draw out of this chapter, what we see here is something of a picture of what Jesus intended his church to be. It's been beautiful this morning, being together as church family. Really special. Welcome back, David and Kath. Nice to see you. Welcome back, Jerome, from India a week ago. Other people here. I don't know where you've been, but welcome back. It's nice to see you. We're family. And what we see here in this chapter, we're going to get a picture of what Jesus intended his church to be like, and we also see how we, how this, how we handle disappointments, how we can handle setbacks, how we can get back up on our feet when when things go against us. There's a bit of that in here too. So um, I'm going to read quite a bit, but then I'm going to I'm going to be brief. Don't worry. But it's always good to read scripture. So. Um, this is Paul's third missionary journey. I'm going to put if a map can go up there. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, in case you're a geographer, I don't know what your geography is like, but there might be a map that might pop up in a while. Um, but here, the third mission, missionary journey, or church planting journey, uh, it actually starts in chapter 18 in verse 23, where it says, it says this... After spending some time in Antioch, that's kind of home, after spending some time at home, Paul set out from there and travelled from place to place throughout the regions of Galatia at the, and, and uh, whatever, strengthening the disciples. Okay, home in Antioch. When it says in one verse, he went through Cilicia, Galatia, dooby doo all the way across to Ephesus. I mean, look, there's a scale there. It must be about... Good gracious! What, 800 miles or something? One verse. He went, you know, uh, through those verses. What was he doing? He was strengthening all the disciples. Isn't that beautiful? He he just was just he loved he loved the, the church family, and he was strengthening them. Then he went. Then he's in Ephesus. He's chapter 19. It's all in Ephesus. Bit wild there. A couple of years there. And then we get to chapter 20. When the uproar had ended, I've started chapter 20 now, okay, uproar. So, you know, he wasn't exactly sent off with a blessing. It's an uproar. Paul sent the disciples, and after encouraging them, isn't that lovely? After encouraging them, he said goodbye and set out for Macedonia across the Aegean. Okay, so we still got to go up to Troas up at the top there. That's another 300 miles. And then across to Philippi. And then, okay, so all the way, so here we go. One verse, hundreds of miles, bless him. He set through uh, Macedonia, verse (laughs) 2. I've only done one verse. He travelled through that area speaking many words of encouragement. I love this. This is super super apostle Paul. He's not going around talking strategy and plans and great aspirations. He's encouraging dear friends. That's the shape of ministry in the family of God. Isn't that lovely? Encouragement. He travelled through there, speaking many words of encouragement, and finally arrived in Greece. (laughs) Another, I don't know, 800 miles all the way down there, round about Athens. Ends up down there in Corinth. One verse. Where he stayed three months. Why? Because some Jews had plotted against him just as he was about to sail for Syria. So he's, he's over there in in, uh, in, in Corinth, he wants to get to Syria. Okay, a boat would be great, wouldn't it? But, but, a boat would be wonderful, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be lo- sorry. Um, some Jews had plotted, to, he, he decided to go back through Macedonia he was going to say he, was, he wanted to take an offering to Jerusalem lord i'm doing your will here i want to take an offering to jerusalem we've had it we've gathered an offering for the those who are hard in those in need in jerusalem i want to get there but people are trying to kill him so a bit, there's a bit of a plot here he's got all these friends okay he was accompanied by uh, i should have got someone else to read this so um uh, so peter of of Phyrus from berea Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derbe, and Timothy also, and Tychicus, and, oh goodness, why didn't I get someone else to read this, and Trophimimus from from Asia. Listen, these men went on ahead and waited for us at Troas, but we sailed from Philippi. So all the rest of the gang jumped on a boat and, and they went up to over to Troas, whereas Paul slipped out the back door when the Jews were watching all his mates and went up with dear Luke, up all the way back up to Philippi to avoid getting arrested and killed and whatever. I mean, this is is tough stuff, it's tough stuff. We sailed from Philippi after the festival of unleavened bread, five days later to join the others at Troas where we spent seven days. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. I will not. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in the window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. The first of many to fall asleep in church. As Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground floor. It's, it's, you know, eutychus, it means fortunate. It does. It means fortunate. And he fell out the window. He fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met us at Assos, we took him on board and went to Michelini. I've been there. The next day, we set sail from there and arrived off Chios. The day after that, we crossed over to Samos. And on the following day, a dry arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to, prevent, to avoid spending time in the province of Asia because he was in a hurry to get to Jerusalem, if possible, um, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to, the, to Ephesus for the elders of the church there. And when they arrived, he said, you know how I've lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with a great humility and tears in the midst of great testing or by the plots of the Jewish opponents. You know, I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you. I've taught you publicly and from house to house. Isn't this lovely? This is a great apostle Paul. This is a a picture of ministry, you know. um, I serve with great humility and tears in your homes as well as publicly. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me, prison and hardship are facing me. It doesn't sound like the will of God, does it? Hmm. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I know that, that none of you among you whom I've gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today, I'm innocent of the blood of any of you because I've not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. He's saying this to the elders. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he... Bought with His own blood. I know that after I come, after I leave, rather savage wolves will come in among you and won't spare the flock, even from your own number. Men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw what disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Oh God, yeah, give us that heart for people and for your purposes. Now I commit you to God and the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I've not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You know, these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remember the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with them all and he prayed. And they all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Okay, it's a long reading. And I'm not going to be brief because of my time. We're going to break bread in a moment. But there's a, a lovely aroma here. In this chapter. Remember last week Vouter was speaking about us being an aroma of the Lord Jesus. He spoke so well. It was beautiful. It was a lovely time. There's an aroma here of what the church should be like. And it's it's precious. I hope you picked it up as I was reading. I'm gonna pull a few things out. A couple of weeks ago I was I was preaching from chapter eighteen and I, I spoke about fellowship. And I'm not, that's, I want to I'm just, just to recap a little bit there. Fellowship. We saw how it's a funny old word. It doesn't mean a cup of tea in the church hall. Fellowship. It's a beautiful word. Koinonia. It means sharing life together. It's it means Christian friendship, Christian togetherness. People doing life together, sharing life together. Fellowship. Beautiful word. It's one of the great words of the New Testament fellowship It's beautiful. It denotes something that's vital for your spiritual life and mine. Absolutely vital. It's vital. You can't do the Christian life without fellowship. Now, okay, you might get, if you're in solitary confinement or something, God's grace is sufficient, but you were not designed to walk the Christian alone. You won't. It's vital for... Fellowship is vital for the Christian life, and it's central to the church's life. And there's so many illustrations of how that works among us here that's beautiful. It's, It's people opening their lives and their homes, speaking, walking together. And last time we spoke about our life groups. You see, you can't do fellowship sitting in a seat here on a Sunday morning and going home again. You, you can't... That, that's not fellowship. That's, that's, not, that, that's not how the Christian life's meant to work. That's why life groups are fundamental to our life together here. Last time I was here, we cheered Dave, Dave and Linda House, but they weren't here. They were on holiday. And I think today they're out serving on welcome. Should we cheer them again in case they can hear it? No, uh, they work, they're out there somewhere, but give them a big hug. They, they oversee, they look after our life groups, and we, 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 we love that, it's beautiful. And if you're not in a life group, if you're not a member of a church family somewhere, please, please do something about it. Because as you'll see in a while, you need that. That's one of the ways that, you, that helps you walk through disappointments and hard times being with church family okay it's special it's special i was i, I was walking with uh, I was out with Dave Lewis the other day we were talking going for a walk and, uh, and things together had a breakfast bad breakfast and we were just saying how sometimes guys aren't particularly guys we're not very good Sharing, opening our lives to others. But guys, we need to. If, we're going to. if we're going to follow Jesus well, it's the give and take of fellowship. Give of myself. Hey, goodness me, there's all kinds of giving here. Talking, weeping on their knees together. Come on, guys. Don't be too proud to, to learn to walk together with others. You need it. If you're going to do a good walk, if you're going to survive the, the pitfalls, temptations, the disappointments. I mean, it applies to gals, you, you women, too. But you're probably, you're a bit better than us. But let me say the same thing to you. You need to be in that setting, in a life group, in a, with running partners, where you can open your heart, your life. It's precious. Precious. So we've got a bit about their fellowship. There's a bit about their meetings here. Um, did you see that um, in chapter 20, where it said in verse 7, on the first day of the week in Troas, we came together to break bread. That's the first reference in the New Testament to Sunday gathering of the family of God. Okay, And we know that uh, it wasn't a day off, so that's why the, it was late on. It, they didn't start the meeting at 11 and go on midnight. They'd have had their meeting after work because... It wasn't, in the Roman Empire, before Constantine, it wasn't a day off or anything. So the first day of the week, they came together to break bread. There's another thing that you and I need if we're going to handle disappointments. Paul was in a hurry to get to Jerusalem. He could have said, Troas, sorry, I'm not staying for the meeting, I'm not staying... I'm, I'm hot-footing it to Jerusalem. No, no, he knew the value of being with the family of God. I hope you know the value of being with the family of God. If you want to walk a good walk, if you, if you want to keep your relationship with the Lord sweet, if you, hey, don't, don't neglect your assembling together. That's what... The writer to the Hebrews wrote to a church that were feeling like giving up. Yeah, the Hebrew—they were feeling like giving up, and he says, "Let's consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Don't not giving up on meeting together as some are of the habit of doing. Crumbs, even then they're in a the habit of. Okay, you know, I hear statistics. Church Christians in the UK, what is it?" They go to gather. Go to go one in three. Oh no 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 no! Gathering together is so important. Paul knew it. You need. You and I need to know it. Something happens. It came out this morning. I forget who it was. Someone was sharing about that. Well, there's something precious about the gathered church. Things happen. Jesus said in Matthew somewhere, when two or three are gathered, I'm there. That's why we make space for people to come and share, and because. It's beautiful. The life of God is here. The, don't neglect your assembling together, especially if you're parents, because your kids take note of what things are important and what things are not so important. Don't neglect. We're going to. My time's nearly gone. Um, so I've talked about their fellowship, I've talked about their meetings, their friendships. I'm sure you, you picked up their friendships there. It's, it's beautiful, these, these dear friends it's, uh, on the beach there. When, when, when Paul had finished speaking to them, they knelt down. They all wept as they embraced him and, and they kissed him. Hey, there's, there's, there's deep friendship here. It's beautiful. See, that's what the church is. It's dear friends on a wonderful mission. That's what church is. Dear friends on a mission together. Precious, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Oh, well. Oh, by the way, here we go. I've got a request. John and Helen Eveson, are you here this morning? There they are. Like others, there's a a Ukrainian couple going to be coming to live in their place in a couple of weeks. They need another double bed. Anyone got a double bed? They could let them have. It's what family do. We share, we open up, we help one another. See John and Helen afterwards if you've got a spare double bed, okay? I'm sure that Ukrainian couple would love it, okay? It's family, it's what we are. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do all I've got here. I was going to say a lot about perseverance this morning because that's what we see with Paul. He persevered. And, and perseverance is, is important for us. I sense it in these days that we're living in. They're not easy, are they? And we all take knocks. We all take knocks, don't we? Things happen that, that, that can uh, just knock us off balance. And we, we, we lose our way. And God doesn't want that to happen. And Paul here, you know, we can see with Paul, he knew he needed fellowship. And so he 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 always had dear friends with him. It's it's beautiful. You know, when here's the thing: when you feel busted, the temptation is sometimes to, to hide away somewhere. Please don't. Because that's the very moment you need church family. You need church family. You need people who will love you, care for you, be there for you, pray for you. Don't hide away. If you're busted, if you're if you had a setback, a disappointment, a tragedy, don't hide away. Because fellowship is just what you need to be in a life group where people care about you. Did you notice they didn't just have a meeting; they, they ate together, and you know that that, that, it's, that that it's folks. This is this is church family. The fellowship of believers. He knew he needed fellowship. And he's, you know, he, he, he knew he... he I, I've, got to, I've got to show you this. Um, I don't know, The very next verse, chapter 21, Paul, you might have thought Paul went on on his own, but, but just listen to verse 1 of chapter 21. After we had torn ourselves away from them. Dear old Luke... What a good guy. What a friend. His his name's not there, but we know We. There it is. We. Isn't that beautiful? This dear man. You know? Oh, how precious dear friends are. Hey, I hope you've got dear friends in the family of God. We need to... I I love that. 2 Timothy 4, Paul writes to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly, because Demas, he loved the world, and he's deserted me. He's gone off somewhere. Only Luke is with me. What a faithful friend. I hope you're a faithful friend. Are you a faithful friend? Watching for your friends in church family who need you. You know, I often, when I'm perhaps in my devotion, Lord, just drop any names in my heart that I need to pray about this morning. Dear old Luke, isn't that beautiful? (laughs) We set off. Yeah, and he, he, you never hear much about him, but he's there. Faithful friend. Isn't it beautiful? Have I made the point? It's special. Dear Luke. I know it, dear Luke, but that's another story. So uh, he knew he needed the body of Christ. He knew he needed the interaction of dear friends. He understood the importance of perseverance. He said to the the churches in Acts 14, it says Paul, through many tribulations we enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and that, that's the way it is. And he wrote to Timothy, all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. So there, yes, there's tough times. You will have tough times as a follower of Jesus. You will, but you've also got something wonderful. You've got the family of God. It's there for you. Fellowship, life groups, running partners, dear friends. Precious, precious, precious But he also knew this, and I'll close with this. He knew that he was engaged in the most wonderful mission on the planet. That's what kept him going. He knew church might have looked a bit feeble at times. He, He was on the run a lot of the time, but he knew he was involved in the most wonderful mission on the planet. Playing a little part. In seeing the body of Christ, the church, the bride of Christ, being prepared for one day, isn't that beautiful? He said that, didn't he? In verse, um, I, I, I shouldn't do this because I can't find it anymore when I want it. Is it verse twenty-four? It's verse twenty-four. I consider my wife, not my wife, my life worth nothing to me. <laughs> oh dear. Sorry about that. I do love you. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. Some people say to me sometimes, for you, you." Isn't it time you quit, retired? If you said that to Paul, he wouldn't. What? Don't understand the question. There's a race. We're running. We're running. In fact, Paul says somewhere else, doesn't he? He says, in f- 2 Timothy 4, I fought the fight. This is probably the last, one of the last things he wrote. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now, there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord has prepared for me, towards to me on that day. Not only me, but all who've longed. He's appearing. Oh dear. Are we going to break bread? I think we should, don't you? I'm going to finish with a quote here. It's Louis Giglio. And he says this, we're not at our leisure. We're under the mandate of the grace of God. Grace that found us, restored us, redeemed us, breathed life back into our dormant lungs and brought us back from the grave for a purpose. And that purpose is that we would, with everything in us, become an amplifier of the beauty of Jesus among all the people on this planet. Isn't that beautiful? Band, come on up. I'm going to read that again while they're coming up. We're not, on, we're, not, we're not at our leisure. We're under the mandate of the grace of God. Grace that found us, restored us, redeemed us, breathed life back into our dormant lungs and brought us back from the grave for a purpose. And that purpose is that we, you and I, would, with everything in us, become an amplifier of the beauty of Jesus among all the people on this planet. Oh, God, help us as a church family to do that. God, help us as a church family to play our part. God, help us to be dear friends, watching for one another, loving one another, opening up to one another, supporting one another, giving, caring, sharing, breaking bread together, which is what we're going to do now. John's going to lead us. God, please help us to be the kind of church that you are preparing for your glory, the day of your appearing. In Jesus' name. John.